Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Well, today is January 22nd, and as you all know, we're at the beginning of the year, and I do podcasts about trends. Last week, we did the trends in colors for 2020. Um, And if you want to know what the color of the year is, you better listen to that one. But now we're going to talk about lighting, as we did last year with our special guest, Jim Funk is the Senior Account Manager and Interior Designer at Premier Lighting in Scottsdale. Hey, Jim, thanks a lot for stopping by. Hi, Nancy. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you, too. Well, we talk every year about what is in for lighting, but this year you went to Dallas to market. Yes, it was so much fun. How many fixtures do you think were there hanging over your head? Oh, gosh. I could not even count them. There's that much. It's just floors and floors. Yes, overwhelming amount. Well, I'm glad you took pictures. So we went through the pictures, and Jim is going to explain what's in and what's out. Not that you have to go buy new fixtures, but she hopes you do, right? For sure. (laughs) Call me. But if you want, as I say every week when I do my premier lighting commercial... If you want to change the look of your room, just change the fixture, change the light bulb. You get a whole new look. And then, of course, change the color on the walls. That's an inexpensive way of redecorating, right? Exactly. It's quick. It's easy. So how exciting was Dallas? I think I was there about, I don't even want to tell you how many years ago. So I haven't been there in ages. It was actually really exciting this year. It it was a nice, nice show. And uh, we saw a lot of trends that were very at the forefront. They were really pushing certain things that we're going to discuss here soon in a minute. But I think I made my husband walk his legs off at the show because it's so large. But he made it. Well, good. Did you have your Fitbit? I we forgot the Fitbit, but I I some colleagues of mine that also went. I heard they did thirty thousand steps or something crazy. You in know, one day. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh one God. between rest. So I'm assuming we did about the same. Oh, good. Well, so we have a lot to talk about, right? Yes. Uh, so the trends that we talk about, do you think they're going to be? throughout the United States or they're going to be more like just in the Western area? You know, I, what I saw personally, I think is kind of more the Western area. Uh, I really do. Uh, Maybe it'll get to New York because New York's a fashion capital, but being from the Midwest, um, I do know my Midwest people. We still like our traditional in a, and we like our arts and crafts and, and things. And that's not going to change really in the Midwest too much. Um, well, but what about Chicago, New York, San Francisco? They're all the pulse of contemporary. Yeah. Well, there will be contemporary always in those spots. But then when you break out, you know, in the city areas, but when you break out into the suburbs, you know, you've got some older homes there and they don't lend themselves too much to the contemporary vibe. You got to still stick with a little transitional traditional. traditional. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's start out with, and we have a big list to talk about. So what is um, the first thing that you want to cover? Well, I think the most important thing is light bulbs are 
still changing the industry. They're getting better. They're getting more dimmable when you're talking about LED. They're getting a little softer when you uh, actually screw in a nice light bulb. The Edison bulb's not going anywhere. That's still in. I know people. some people think it's out, but it actually still that in. That Edison bulb gives off a very yellow tint. It does. So the people who like a warmer look... They still are going for that. And of course, without saying that does not go into a contemporary setting. Yes. Uh, number one, it looks very old fashioned. And number two, it's too soft, cozy for contemporary. Yeah, it's almost a throwback of the past of some of the first yeah. light bulbs. And so for people who don't know what we mean, it's it's a particular light bulb that you can screw into your chandeliers or lamps. But it's got filament inside that you actually see. That's so a it's a softer. clear bulb with a very obvious filament. I don't know why they call it the Edison bulb. Probably because it's that old looking. It looks that old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. But you're still going to see the the LEDs for sure. So let's talk about the LED uh, temperatures or the Kelvins. Yeah. So, okay, gaining popularity on the home front is a 3000 Kelvin that's right in the middle of the color spectrum. It's so, a warm white. Right Warm white, but not too yellow and not too blue. No, not blue at all. It's softer. Um, we got away a little bit from the 2700K in the homes, I've noticed. People are actually asking for a little bit uh, more of the middle of the spectrum. But 2700 would still be applicable for the home uh, front. Uh, you're talking office, commercial spaces, you're going to get a little brighter. You're going to go anywhere between the 3,500 and up. I think for the areas that you use as task lighting, yes. whether it's in a kitchen or close work, whether you sew or you paint, I think going with a brighter bulb is better. Well, in the Calvin's the color, but here, <laughs> one, it's very interesting because we have so many baby boomers now, you know, moving here to our state, Arizona, but moving all around the country. Um, there, a lot of them are, the baby boomers are actually choosing transitional or contemporary design, uh, which often includes one thing on our list, integrated LED diodes into the actual lighting fixtures, which means you're not going to have a screw-in bulb. It's already built in. It's not a light bulb. It's actually a diode a strip. And it's going to last for 25 years at least. Well, you know, every brand I could tell you for the most part is going to have a five-year warranty on most of that product. Um, and then after that, you'll have to be replacing the diodes yourself. Um, oh, but so they are replaceable? They are replaceable, but please check your brands because some of them, you know, I would stick to your name brands that do that, you know, like Modern Forms, which you and I, I know, both love. Um, or Hubbard and Forge. Hubbard and Forge, fabulous, made in America brand, yes. Or uh, a new brand, too. So are you saying that there's different, uh, I want to say, qualities of LEDs? There is. There's, um, And a lot of the big brands own their own factories. So that has a lot to do with the choice. Because you know they're overseeing the making of that product. They're going to make sure it's quality. Because they're a big name and their name is behind it. But everybody's trying to get into this market. So it's very good to do your research or come see us at Premier and we can, you know, give you an education on it. Um, boy, talking about Premier, maybe it's a good time to tell everybody where you're located. Every, every week I talk about Premier Lighting and how fantastic their showroom is in Scottsdale. Their website is shop 
premier.com, and that's where you can get their phone number. And their location is Scottsdale, but you can also shop online, right? Yes, and then we have our Tucson store, Northside Lighting, um, which is also a, our oldest showroom. It's big and it's fabulous. Um and they're very. Everybody's been in the industry for quite a long time. That works at both of our locations. So, if somebody has any questions on lighting, they can certainly call you, talk to a lighting consultant, and you will go out to the house if you really need to. Right? Yes, we do uh, uh, in-home design work. Um, so we do new construction, commercial, multifamily, everything, the whole gamut. And while we're talking about Premier, of course, uh, how long is it going to take before I can walk into your showroom and see a lot of these new fixtures from Dallas? Well, we've already got some in. I'm super excited about uh, a new line that we've already received the fixtures. We're in the process of hanging called Hammerton. Hammerton Studio. They've actually been out for a while. Hammerton Studio is a little newer to the line, but it even though there are other American-made brands, this is the only brand that can actually say it's 100% made in America. They make their own screws and bolts, and they use American-made LED. So they're 100% American. There's other lines, you know, that are American, made in America, but they still get their screws or bolts from China. So if you're really into, because that's another trend, Nancy, is American-made product. Mm -hmm. So you're going to start to see even brands like, Schoenbeck Swarovski making some changes. They're now called Schoenbeck 1840, I believe is their new name. And they're pushing back to making a lot of their fixtures in Plattsville, New York. Is that where they started? Yes. And I mean, of course, the crystal comes from Austria because it's the real deal. So they'll mm -hmm. still get the crystals from Europe. But the the metal work is all done in Plattsville, New York. And so you're going to start seeing that trend where you're going to see more brands want to push the American made. Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay. So let's talk about some of the trends you saw that you think will be good for 2020. Uh, one of them is mixing metals. I keep hearing mixing metals for jewelry, for kitchen appliances, hardware, and we also have it in the light fixtures. For sure. This is a trend that is not going to go anywhere. It's, it's, I love it because I've always mixed myself um, when I do my design, but um, you're seeing even different combinations this year, like chrome and antique brass. So we're not talking about putting one fixture of one metal in the room and then another fixture. We're talking about the fixture having several different metals, right? That's correct. And we have a lot of those on display at Premier and Scottsdale, but you'll see all sorts of different combinations in the next coming years here. So we're seeing polished nickel, a matte brass, matte black, matte and shiny white. What are we not seeing anymore? You know, we, <laughs> let me, I would say the shiny, shiny gold. Okay. Uh, they tried to bring that back and it didn't quite take uh, just to a few homes in California. Maybe that's some celebrity zone. <laughs> but other than that, uh, people want the more dull gold or the antique yeah. golds. But matte black still in. Definitely, I was starting to see a glimpse of white fixtures. White, either shiny or matte white. And I, you did show me a picture of a combination white and brass and it was not a shiny shiny brass beautiful it was stunning beautiful wasn't stuff. it yeah. yeah 
And so that just allows you more flexibility. So if you do need to redecorate or say you're building and you just don't know what to choose, you can mix it up. And then you've got those options for your hardware on your cabinets and for your pulls and knobs or your hardware on your doors. You know, mix it up. Don't be afraid because it's totally in style. Although I wouldn't take one of each. And put it in no, the same don't house. Don't do that. No, have not, some no. sort of uh, continuity yes, there. Yes. Okay. What about, we have a note here that says arms that move, other than humans with arms that move. Explain what you mean by that. Well, everything's going kind of techy. So along with that, people are, we're starting to see all these fixtures that have movable arms and joints and elbows and I mean, all different kinds, some rotate, but it's kind of techy. The only well, it way it goes to contemporary. Yeah, it does, and even some transitional. You know, because yeah. they'll mix it with some blown glass on an arm. Um, but that's a very big thing that's in. So, are you able to move the arms so that if you need? light in a particular place at a particular time you just move them around you can so you don't have to stay in one position no although i would say with these designs some of them are a little more hard to move than others so you know but yes they're meant so you can move it so if you do need light in a different position you can get it sounds more functional than most uh most fixtures. It is, yeah. but still decorative at the same time. So we've said that contemporary in every phase of the interior design world is uh, hot and heavy. It that, is. Yeah, that's everything. But you told me that there's uh, some beads and tassels and leather and baskets. And what is that all about? Oh, that we're seeing a big, like, bohemian chic ethnic chic surge so you're gonna see beads tassels fringe leather wood metal that's almost textured it's it's i i like it because i like the texture it's not going to be a look for everyone and it's not something that you have to put all throughout your house you can put like one piece in a certain area like your office where nobody's gonna see it (laughs) (laughs) But, and they're large. That's another thing. A lot of these fixtures are very large. Yeah, they're doing away with tiny and they're coming in with huge. Yeah, you're not going to see tiny pendants anymore. So those are out. No, you still want the large pendants. Um, Let's talk about pendants real quick because there was a time when the tiny was in and you did a grouping of three or five, say over a large island or in an area over your dining room table, you can even uh, put multi, um, multi-pendants. But now, if they're going to go large, what is the rule of thumb for over the island? Well, you always want to take your island's length and depth, but really the length is very important. And then you divide it in half. We always divided it right in down the middle, and we used to put that center pendant right in the middle, and then the other two on the quarters of the island. Now you just want to take two huge ones and put them on the quarters of the island and leave the center blank. So you've got a nice open space, and I think that works really well, especially here. We're in Arizona because a lot of people have views of the mountains, right? and they want to see that. So what would you do if somebody had uh, pendants over an island, and then they had an eating area, and they needed a chandelier? How is there a rule of thumb as to how many hanging fixtures should be in the same room? Not really, but because some people have a lot, but you always want to do that island 
you want to have, well, I tell everybody this, you want one supporting actor and one star to your show. So whichever one is more important to you, the island pendants or the one over the table, choose which one you want to be the star and the other one should be the supporting actor. (laughs) So, And in the past, they used to always use companion lights, but now... No, that's like not. buying a whole dining room set or bedroom set. Nobody does that no, anymore. Definitely so no. Be a little more unique and personal. Yes, and the way to kind of bring it through the house is using repeated, um, you know, metals. So if you're doing matte black with a touch of gold, you know, and by that I mean in your hardware, on your pulls, knobs, your door. We'll hardware. tie it all together. Yeah, you can yeah. keep mixing, you know, but choose one thing and then run with it. Keep one consistent color, you know, going throughout the house mm-hmm. that you're not going to get sick of. Yeah, well, and and black is good. I always well, we, you know, suggest we love black. that. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about large is in, but tiny uh, pendants are out. But then you talked about the little four-inch tiny, yeah, um, kind of um, well down lights. We want to call them cans. Do we still call them four-inch cans? Well, there's recessed four-inch cans that are in, um, and then there is even tinier ones for certain areas, like two-inch and three-inch. You're we're still seeing also five, six-inch for if you do need a big one. But most people are going with the four-inch. So if you had a very high ceiling, would you go with the six-inch in say a kitchen so that you can get enough light? I usually do if the person needs a more affordable recessed. But if they can afford a little bit more expensive uh, recessed can with the new technology with the uh, built-in LEDs, they're so strong now that. That really you can even do a four inch on a taller ceiling. And back in the day, I would have to say, no, you couldn't. But now I can say you can. But there again, if you do a four inch on a high ceiling, you can always do task lighting under your cabinets. Yes, which is great. And now we have a lot of new product that is 120 volts under the cabinet lighting and dimmable and now even new tunable. And by that, I mean, you can go in the same unit, get three... thousand thirty five hundred and four thousand k in the same unit you just tune it to what you want to have so if you feel like you're a thirty five hundred k color today and tomorrow you want to be four thousand because you got to bake a bunch of christmas cookies or something you know what i mean <laughs> you so can you make up, wow yeah interesting i didn't know that so um, what do you ask for when you're putting the lights in and your electrician comes over and says, I think you should have this. And you go, no, I want tunable. Yes. Is he going to know what you're talking about? He might if he has educated himself. If he Now has. we have to look for educated electricians. Yes, Oy. and then you should always look for an educated electrician. <laughs> but um, if not, you definitely just come to Premier. We'll get your uh, electrician a nice... PDF spec sheet and with instructions and they'll know what to do. <laughs> Good, but that's nice to know. You can always up your uh, your K's. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, I was very very into sconces last year, the year before. Everything I did at sconces, I really like them. Are they still in? Sconces are still very in. All size ones. We're putting them everywhere, really, in bathrooms and stairwells and hallways. Uh, everywhere really even outside i i had a house we did them sconces under a nice pergola (laughs) to make the uh 
Oh, I think they look good. I like the sconces that look like art pieces. Oh, yeah. Not to uh, keep bringing up Hubberton Forge, but I have used them as hallway lighting, but as an art piece. So it becomes the focus point in the hallway. That's what's really cool. And I did see a lot of that at the show too, Nancy, where there's a new line called Page One. And they have some really cool sconces that actually look like a floating piece of art on the wall, but you still get light out of it. And those work great too, even like above headboards and, you know, you can put them on a dimmer and suddenly have an art piece nightlight. I think the world is more open to fixtures. Remember years ago, it was just same old, same old. Talking about same old, same old, vanity lights that there was never a choice. It was always some sort of a vanity bar light. So what are they doing now? So vanity bars, they went out for a while and people were starting to do like a more simplistic bar, straight line version, Mm -hmm. which is still in, uh, or sconces in the bathroom or just recessed cans. But I did notice there is a comeback of the vanity bar light. They're starting to get a little more creative. They went back to the drawing board. They've got some new designs. So I wouldn't cross it off your list when you're shopping or redoing a a bathroom, remodeling, or building. So you could have the vanity bar light and or sconces, depending on how much space you have, what kind of mirror you want to use. Well, lighted mirrors are still in. A lot of people are getting the lighted mirrors. We sell some with televisions inside, Mm -hmm. some with magnification mirrors. That's really hot. But then... People really like a framed mirror sometimes, so we also have a nice array of decorative framed mirrors. And that's where you would use sconces, one on each side. Especially, I've had people say, well, I like the oval mirror. Well, then don't put a bar over it. No. That's not going to work. Don't forget, it has to be functional and aesthetic. Exactly. Are we a little anal about that? (laughs) I think so. Okay. Um, You noticed um, a lot of chandeliers in different shapes and sizes, and there are rings. Explain ring chandeliers. Well, ring chandeliers are a little more contemporary, modern look. Um, I've seen them. They're mostly using the integrated LEDs in them, but we do have them available with a screw-in bulb option. But rings are in because you can put a couple of them together and it looks just like a ring, like on your finger, but it's a floating chandelier. And that's the integrated LED, you said, right? Yeah, very mm-hmm. popular still, not going anywhere with that look. But we do see an introduction of the rings with the antique gold. Oh, so we're going to see a lot of antique gold probably. Okay, you did mention um, lighting that could also be speakers. I'm interested in that. Yeah, this Let's is talk kind about the of advantages. popular. Oh, yeah, this is great. These are some lines of ours that are starting to do them. There's one called Poldina. Kuzco is another one. Kitchler is another one. Um, they're starting to do these lamps that you can actually plug in, charge them, take sometimes even charge them with a USB cord, take them anywhere you want in your house or outside, and you get a lovely LED light glow. Uh, so when you need like a lamp outside, you can have it. And some of them even include Bluetooth speakers. So you can play your music out there too, if you're entertaining. So instead of putting speakers into your ceiling, if you really want to, you can have your speaker anywhere in the house. Yeah. It's awesome. You just, move that it is around. amazing. I think that's probably one of the best, uh, technological ideas that I've heard. And they're yeah. affordable. They're not over the top expensive and they're good quality. 
And did that go with the lanterns? Did we talk about lanterns? Not yet, but lanterns are still popular, uh, traditional and transitional. We're not talking Coleman lanterns. <laughs> no, but uh, they're great, um, you know, in hallways. They're, these lanterns are great if you're a person that's a traditionalist, but you need to make yourself a little more transitional. They're a good segue <laughs> into... So would that be used, say, to, if you need extra light, if you're reading a book... And you just put it on the table? Well, these would be hanging lanterns. Yeah. These aren't chargeable. Yeah. No. So you'd have to, although we'd probably do somewhere in some books, one that is chargeable. But these would be hanging, so you'd need an electrician to install it. But they work great in entry foyers or... Um, over islands, two of them over an island. Okay, so we're talking the look of lanterns. Yeah. Oh, okay. I it looks you meant like a lantern. No. Did we cover everything? Oh, we have one more thing: the linear chandelier. Still popular. Now, if you have a round table, I would say no. No, definitely no. I almost said a bad word. <laughs> what if you had a an oval table? No. Oval, you can do it, uh, but you just got to be careful. You don't want to go too contemporary over an oval. Or size-wise, you don't want it to be oversized for the oval. Exactly. You want to always take half the width or length of the table. And with linear, you really have to take the length over the width because they're skinny from the side. But you also, another... little trick of mine I do is I always install linear chandeliers lower than the average design height. So the average design height is 30 to 36 Yes, off off the the table. Yeah. 30, 36 off the table. Yes. And six foot off the floor or five and a half off the floor. So what would the linear be? Well, you want to do more than five and a half from the floor to the bottom of the light. So So bringing it closer to the table. Yeah. Because they're skinnier. They're usually not that tall. You know, yeah, and you know, then if your lights are are shining up, you're going to get less light on the table mm-hmm. than if they were reversed. Exactly, shining. so much to think about. I know that's why we want you people to call Premier Lighting and ask for help. You know, you can't be an expert on everything, right? Exactly, and so that's what we're there for. And um, you know, and if you're really having a hard time, you know, in your design, you you know, your building. You want to hire a designer, you know, you really do because that person will guide you and, and with lighting, definitely use a lighting expert because there is so much out there and it's expanding and growing. Oh, the last thing I didn't tell you was the smart homes, the smart technology. Mm -hmm. We're definitely going to continue to see a lot of that. Um, but it used to be where you had to hire this, you know, the guy, techie guy? Yeah, the techie guy, your geek, your whatever, to come and program it all. Now they've made it so simplified you can do it yourself and control your whole home by Alexa, Amazon. Series, any, anybody yeah. who talks back to you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much. I know you have to get going, but I think we covered a lot. And if you still have questions, and I'm sure you do, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. I can pass the questions on to Jem, or you could uh, ask me any questions about any past uh, podcasts that we've had. Uh, This year is going to be interesting. We're going to be having a lot of different people coming to do podcasts, so it's going to be fun. And we'll have Jem back, of course, as we always do, right? Well, we always have fun. 
We do. So until next time, have a great day.